The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as a potential for discussions about other topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the person stating them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Hello and welcome to the first podcast of the Whiskey Tangent. I'm Scott. This is Ed. Say hi, Ed. Hi, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) We're just a couple of guys who really like whiskey. This podcast is probably going to be primarily about whiskey, but we are going to go off on tangents, hence the name Whiskey Tangent. Probably going to be a recording of our regular conversations. We've known each other, what, 25 years? At least. And Ed's going to talk about our whiskey philosophy. Yeah, when we got together to talk about whiskey, we had to figure out what we're going to do on here. There's a lot of websites where you can find ratings upon ratings of whiskeys and the most expensive whiskeys in the world and the you know the ones that you drink and pop a semi right away. I mean, there's all these different things out there and, and, and they're great and, and we've used them and we respect them. But, you know, most people don't go out looking for the $2,000 like Ben Winkle. They're looking for a good choice at their local liquor store. And Lord knows that Scott and I have often stood in the aisle and said, what do I feel like tonight? And it can be daunting to look at an entire wall filled with brown liquid and go, God, what do I drink? And early on, you make the mistake of letting price dictate it. And I've had a lot of crappy $60 bottles of whiskey <laughs> where I'm like, wow, this was really not a good choice. And so I think what we're really going to be looking to do here, not that we won't talk about you know some ones that are approaching into the hundreds, because there's a couple of uh, bottles of, of spirits, bourbons, whiskeys that we like that could be around 100. And there's even ones that you know will go above that as far as when you visit a whiskey lounge and you're looking, you know, you feel a little frisky, you know, you want to try something. <laughs> whiskey frisky. But like when you basically we're going to try to go through stuff that you see every day for some people who maybe are just getting into bourbons and, and want to have somebody with them when they're starting this journey. And, and yet I think people who have been drinking as long as us, we're going to share experiences when we visit some whiskey rooms. We belong to a whiskey lounge. That's just like a little private membership thing that we do that we'll talk about. So I think it's going to be interesting for the cultivated taste, if you will, as well as someone just starting out. And I think we uh, talking about price is uh, pretty key because like you said, you're in a liquor store and maybe you only have $40 that you want to spend on a bottle of liquor. Maybe you buy the same thing you're buying all the time, maybe Jim Beam or something. And we're going to, we're going to let you know. That there's better whiskeys uh, if you just spend like five or ten dollars more, and which whiskeys are that are over fifty or sixty dollars that you're really going to, when you have the cash to do it, you're going to take a chance on. Right, and there's some hundred dollar bottles that they're basically barreled once a year, and if you can grab one, grab one. It's worth it. It's a treat. There's everyday whiskeys. There's New Year's Eve whiskeys. There's it's your birthday whiskeys, and we're going to talk about all that. Yeah, we thought that we maybe take a controversial stance for whiskey. Well, let's back it up. First of all, the whiskeys that we have with us today are some 
of standard whiskeys that we enjoy. And the first one we use as an everyday. Bullet Rye is a very affordable and nice drinking whiskey. It is versatile, Scott. Yeah, I use it to make all kinds of whiskey cocktails. Uh, three in particular, uh, Manhattans, Old Fashions, and Boulevardiers. The uh, Boulevardier is probably the least known of those three. It's basically a Manhattan, but you switch out the bitters that you would put in a Manhattan with a liquor called Campari, which is uh, bright red, and it's made from orange peels. It's very bitter, but it has a sweet edge to it. Makes the delicious cocktail. Now, let me head off some uh, lashback, if you will. I understand that making the perfect Manhattan is an art form. But yet, when I go to a place that knows how to serve a whiskey, and there's a bartender there who knows what they're doing, I will turn myself over to them. I'll be like, make me your Manhattan. And it's exciting when they do that. Yeah, so one thing we didn't mention is where we are. We're in uh, southern New Jersey, uh, about 12 miles from Philadelphia. Maybe three miles from Cherry Hill, probably 10 miles from Camden, I guess. Yeah, well, that's, right no, don't mention don't mention Camden. We're not really not there in Camden. <laughs> <laughs> We're closer to Camden than we want to admit. Um, <laughs> Philadelphia, 12 miles. Yeah. Uh, there's a great uh, whiskey bar in Philadelphia that we've gone to a few times called Time. It's a place where we like to try new whiskeys right. that we've seen in the liquor store, but are over that threshold of, I'm not sure I want to pay that much for a whiskey I that I pay, haven't had before. Right. I, want to pay, I don't want to pay $95 for a whiskey I never had. I don't want to pay $110. I don't want to even pay $70. So it's a chance to treat yourself with an, maybe an uptick drink and find out if that's going to be in your wheelhouse You know, when you get your next uh, Christmas bonus. And even better, they'll let you do flights at half price per one ounce pour uh, and as many as you want. So you can have a four drink flight, a six drink, an eight drink. Right. I did a flight of Mishners. I never really had sampled the Mr. Michters? Michters, yeah, thank you. Michters. Mick Michters? Michters? Michters. Mick, yes, Michters. <laughs> I'm putting in a TH sound. You're, you're putting a sh in it. I'm sh. You're Michters. And, and I got to try four different. Um, four different what? Mich Michters. Yeah, Michters. <laughs> Four different mixtures for the uh, for the mixtures. Mixtures, yeah. I'm, I don't, There's I'm no having... X. It's a K. It's, a, it's like a K sound. It's it's uh, German. Well, I'm never drinking. Mixtures. Now I'm never drinking it yet. It's been too much work already. But the point was, I got to try the whole family of bourbons and ryes and be able to compare them at the same time with each other for a very reasonable price. And had I gone out and bought four bottles like that, it would have been ridiculous. So one thing we're going to do here is we want to have some you know global or national appeal with our insight and our reviews and our discussion. But also we're going to be pointing out stuff like the Iron Room in Atlantic City, which is a great experience for a whiskey drinker. Places like the Brick Wall in Burlington that you would never think driving by has a very nice whiskey catalog that they do. And then right in Mount Holly, which is one of the oldest towns in New Jersey, is a place called The Local that has 45 American-only whiskeys in their regular bar, but has a whiskey lounge with 128 American whiskeys. Only American whiskeys, not even counting the scotches and the Irish whiskeys that they have. That many whiskeys, just American ones, speaks to the explosion that's happened in the past decade. And I wonder how many of those whiskeys are made by MGP. God, tell the people what MGP if they don't know. Well, I don't know, Ed, but why don't you tell them about MGP? <laughs> well, first of all, speaking to what you mentioned with the demand, since I can't read my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and we apologize um, for the MGP, shuffling of papers. Yeah, MGP is a company. Did I mention this was our first podcast? Based in uh, Indiana, and they have become the worst kept secret of the whiskey industry is that they supply many of the whiskeys that you like with their raw product. Their most popular being a 95 rye grain, basically, in its raw form. 
honestly, when, when I looked it up just to see what they were about, I was surprised at just the short list of whiskeys that was on there. And Bullet Rye and Redemption Rye, the two whiskeys we have tonight, being two of them. So then, you know, that also gets into the point, and maybe we'll bring it up later, is what makes a good whiskey? Is it is it where it's distilled, where it's aged? Who ages it? Like, is it a foreign company? Is it an American company? Or is it just how good it tastes? Right. This is what I was looking for. Sorry. The Kentucky Distiller Association says that the production of whiskey, bourbon particularly, has risen 320% since 1999 through 2015. That broke the record that stood for almost 50 years. So, let's be honest. The traditional whiskey we always taught, you want a nice 10-year bourbon aged in charred oak barrels. You know, Scotch taught us we want stuff 12, 15 years. I never acquired a strong taste for it. I do like some Irish whiskeys. I don't like Scotch whiskeys as a rule. I wish I did. And I see why you would like it. I just don't. I feel like we're on a trajectory to get to Scotch one day. Uh, we started off with Bullet. Bullet, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bourbon, which is, you know, <laughs> made from corn, so it's very sweet. And now in the past two or three years, gotten into rye, which is a more peppery type of flavor, a little less sweet. And I think um, uh, scotch is probably the next progression, which is even less sweet and more of the deeper, earthier flavors. Well, I like bourbons a lot more than Scott, which is which is a nice contrast between us because we both drag each other to different experiences. In fact, we're going to a whiskey tasting at the uh, in a couple of weeks. Sixty whiskeys there for the tasting. Hundred, hundred whiskeys yeah. for the tasting. It was sixty dollars. Oh, that's right, sixty dollars. <laughs> that included dinner. I don't think that was a bad deal. And so we're gonna look at this as a great opportunity to taste some of the stuff we just talked about. So just consider us your guide to new whiskeys that you yeah. might not. You know, this show is not for experts. We're not experts. We don't claim to be experts. This show is for people who like to just sit around and chat about stuff and drink whiskey while they're doing it. And we're also going to go off on tangents. So this will run the gamut. Religion, sports, politics, music. What else you got? I got something right now I'll talk about. Sure. My friend's kid came home from school and they had a permission slip. Basically, is it okay for us to give your kid a free bag of smart food popcorn, 100 calories? And I found it absurd. These kids go to lunch room, they buy cookies, they buy chips. And I should clarify, these are not elementary school kids. These are 13-year-old children. Now, let me tell you what the problem was. In a few of the classes, they, you know, they only gave the kids 24 hours. And if you know 13-year-old kids, they need 24 hours just to figure out that they need 48 hours to get something done. And so, <laughs> in, in one particular class, only seven kids brought back the permission slip. Fourteen kids didn't get it in. So, they got to sit around and watch the other seven eat popcorn, which sounds to me a lot <laughs> more tragic than one kid getting kernels in their braces. I mean, trying to cover your ass to a point where you're excluding children from a free bag of popcorn. Instead of just accepting whatever two angry phone calls you're going to get, like, my kids still got kernels of popcorn in their braces, how dare you? And I don't blame, I don't think there's a popcorn allergy. I googled it and I didn't find it. I, that's what I was going to ask her. Is there such a thing as a popcorn well, allergy? if there's a corn allergy, I would have had it a long time ago with yeah. all the bourbon that I've drank. Well, that's for sure. The, it does seem like we're at the bottom of the slippery slope. We have covered our ass so much that no one, you can't even see your ass anymore. <laughs> I don't know where my ass is. We wonder why children <laughs> are so unable to take charge anymore. It's simply we don't allow them. We don't give them any autonomy at all, even over the decision of whether or not to accept a free bag of popcorn that they could buy any day they want in the lunchroom if they have a dollar. I think we're overreacting to just whatever is the loudest person who happens to be so there's one parent or two or, or five and the rest of the parents don't really care but those five care so much about it that you know they're going to have a lawsuit or they're going to have to get a teacher fired because they gave their kids popcorn or something it, it, me and scott enjoy comedy a lot and it's ridiculous and there's a lot of comedians that we enjoy but there is no harm that comes to you if you're offended 
it's sometimes you learn from it. Sometimes you change the way you think. Sometimes you go on a crusade against it. There's a time when people's feelings are hurt when it really is important issues. And then there's a time when it's comedy. If you go to a comedy show, how about relaxing a little bit, right? Am I right? Yeah. And the best way to relax? Whiskey. You can have a whiskey. That was a good segue, right? Always. <laughs> so, I want to finish talking about MGP real quick. Sure. So, to meet this demand, MGP provides a lot of the raw product. They provide their 95% rye mash bill. And a lot of people, from Whistlepig to Angel Envy's rye to the Bullets and the Redemptions we've talked about, take that product and turn it into something special and distinctly different. And that's fascinating to me because it basically shows how much goes into the, the aging process as far as shaping the taste and quality of the whiskey. Sure. there's so much, That's what the amazing thing about whiskey is. Um, there's just so many variables. The kind of wood that you use to age the whiskey in, uh, what grains you use to distill the whiskey in the first place, how much char you put in the barrel itself, because that's where all the flavor comes from, the charred wood, how long you age it in what type of building you age it in, whether it's brick or it's metal, what's the climate of the area that you're aging it in, the quality of the water, which takes a very long time. So if you're starting up a new whiskey business, you need to get your whiskey somewhere and get your product out there and make a name for yourself. Otherwise, you're going to have to distill it yourself right. and age it yourself for at least at least two years, in some cases longer than that. And, you know, it's just really hard to do that. So that's where MGP comes in because you can buy their whiskey. Right. Uh, their biggest customer is, uh, what did you say, Digero? Diageo? Diageo, which is an English company that happens to own Bullet Rye and Bourbon. So the reality is when we look at the process, that there's two very different sides to the business as far as distilling and distributing and branding. And what MGP does is they take care of that one side. So if Scott and I wanted to start up a whiskey company, we could go to MGP and buy one of five different products. And a lot of people crap all over this, but I say, again, if it works, right? why complain? Again, it's does it matter where it comes from or does it matter if it tastes good? To me, I think really it just comes down to taste because you're going to drink a whiskey that you like. You're not going to drink a whiskey because it came from, I don't know, France. You know, people do with I wine. Mean, it's, it's like, oh, it's not from France. Well, it's not some people, wine. Some people definitely. Oh, my God. It's in a box. Some people, some people definitely drink the label because they don't have a cultivated palate. Wait, until, wait until whiskey comes in a box. I actually saw one in the store today. <laughs> no, I did. you didn't. It's called Black Box Whiskey. <laughs> But is it any good? Wait, $25 for a box of whiskey? Well, how much is in a box? Uh, I, th I think it's a regular fifth. It'll be a while before I buy it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Well, I can't even. Uh, we didn't even plan that. It's a true story. True story. True facts. I saw today when I was yeah. picking up what we we're drinking. This is the kind of hard hitting journalism that you're <laughs> gonna get on this show. The thing that we want to talk about why Scott originally said it'd be controversial is because a lot of people there's like a story to to bourbon. You know, they like the fact that Basil Hayden was served in the Old West saloons. Now they don't care that it might not be the exact same product. They just like to know that Wider might have had a Basil Hayden in Tombstone. People like that, and so when you hear an NGP, you feel like oh, it's just like you know this fly by night churn them out type of distillery. The reality is that the NGP facility was bought from Seagram's. And Seagram's built that particular plant, 300 acres, to now 92 buildings, in 1847. And there's real evidence that distilling was being done on that property as early as 1808. So you have 200 years of distilling history for NGP's property. And there's plenty of, of history there if that's what you're looking for. What I'm looking for is a nice, cheap, affordable, drinkable bourbon slash rye whiskey. 
And that's what they give us. And they give it to us in many different ways. Let me just finish one minute, Scott. I know you got something to jump in on. I do. There's numerous whiskeys that come from that 95 rye starting point. That tastes completely different. High West. Most of High West products come from MGP. And they're very nice. If you've never tried the High West family, they range anywhere from 30 up to Midsummer Night's Dram in the hundreds, if you can even find it, because it's so rare. Last time I was at Time, I had a four whiskey flight of okay. Of the four High West ones that they had. Did they, they have Dram? They didn't. Uh, they had their bourbon, the campfire. Yeah, it's a smoky whiskey. It's very interesting. I don't like it, but I really yeah. appreciate the effort. They had the campfire, they had the double rye, they had the rendezvous rye, which is the, the higher priced one. And then they had something called the Boo Rye, which was a bourbon rye mixture. Right, which is similar to what Redemption has as well. Which is also a higher price and a higher proof. And of the four of them, I like the High West Double Rye, which is the cheapest one of them all. Other ones that <laughs> start with that 95 rye mash that MGP puts out is Sagamore Spirit Straight Rye and Whistle Pig. Old That's World surprising. Rye That's and a- Angel Envy Rye, which is one of our all-time favorites. You're going to hear a lot about Angel Envy Rye. show on that probably because we love that. We'll do five shows on and that. And so you have <laughs> something as distinctively different as Angel Envy Rye with Whistle Pig, Old World Rye, 12 years aged, comes from the same stuff that Bullet Rye does. And it's absolutely mm. spectacular when you think about that. Yeah. To your point that about the history and the marketing and when a particular whiskey markets their product, they like to give it a, you know, an old timey feel or an old west, make it feel rugged and uh, steeped in history. So just reading from the Bullet Whiskey <laughs> website, it talks about Inspired by his great-great-grandfather Augustus Bullitt, who made a high rye whiskey between 1830 and 1860, Tom left a successful law practice and risked everything to experience life on the frontier. Today, we're not the only ones who are glad he did. So, they talk about Augustus, his great-great-great-grandfather, a tavern keeper in the 1830s, Louisville, Kentucky. He said he was dedicated to one goal. After experimenting with countless varieties, he finally came upon a bourbon with the character he had long sought after. On one fateful day, while transporting his barrels of bourbon from Kentucky to New Orleans, Augustus' bullet vanished. What happened is still unknown, and his creation nearly disappeared into history along with him. I mean... (laughs) That's total bullshit, right? You got to feel like it. There's, yeah. So there might have been a guy named Augustus. Yeah. N- but, and, and not to hate on Bullet as a company, because honestly, I love this whiskey. And we'll talk about the actual qualities of both whiskeys in, in a minute. But this speaks to your point that there's a difference between the distribution and the bottling and the marketing than there is in the actual creation of the whiskey. And w- what's true, what isn't true, again, does it matter? If the whiskey tastes good. You're a thousand percent right. What's funny is we came here to discuss- wow, a thousand? A thousand percent wow. right. Wow. That's <laughs> 10 times an A. Well, we- uh, That's an A with 10 pluses. We're correct. <laughs> we want to talk about Bullet and Redemption Rye because we like both of them. They're both very, very reasonable between 30 and $33. I mean, though we've been able to get at two different locations, we've been able to get the half gallon, the, the 1.75- for fifty dollars, forty nine ninety five before tax. That's you know two bottles with a with a third thrown in, right? And when you're looking at a bourbon slash rye whiskey that you can drink every day, you can do a shot if you're running out the door to work. It's one of those days. Or I'm just kidding about that. We don't drink before work. Fake news, fake news. But um, no, we drink at work, right? At work, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's the problem because the half gallon doesn't fit in the desk drawer as much as the half pint. It's a big bottle. So yeah. try to do a half pint if you're going to drink at work. Yeah, uh, pro tip, uh, flask. <laughs> pro tip, rubber tube down your legs, straw to your mouth. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the point we're trying to make is if you're looking for 
a, just a whiskey to go to war with, a whiskey to have every day, you're going to have a hard time finding a better economical and flavorful choice than Bullet Rye. And this is one of the MGP-based products. Simple as that. So I like Redemption Rye, almost identically priced, but a little different. And I know they're very similar in age. Well, it says Bullet Rye uh, four to six years. A little years. older, you're right. I, I, I take that back. Both products from Bullet are aged four to six years. The reason why it is interesting is because they are the same starting point. Right. And it's two very different tasting whiskeys. I, I find uh, Bullet Rye to be sweet, almost to the point that it could be confused with a bourbon. When it's a 95% rye and the Correct. other... Five percent is malted barley, so which of course is sweet. But um, and the redemption or or, or Ed, uh, Ed, is, <laughs> Ed is very sweet. Um, and redemption rye is uh, almost completely different, uh, sort of an opposite. It's uh, you can very nice. That came out very nice. I'm still drinking the bullet. You can taste the pepperiness. You can have uh, the rye character. Um, whereas bullet is very vanilla forward. It's got some, uh, very sweet tasting. I, I was comparing it to candy corn, which I actually don't really like, but, um, it was the only thing I could come up with. Sometimes, you know, we've read reviews that, you know, like canned peaches and apricot and tobacco Mint. and like, you know, you taste what you taste in it. And I don't know if sometimes these guys are making it up or if they're actually tasting. Like I said, we're not experts. We're not taste experts. I don't feel like I have a particularly sensitive palate. But at the end of the day, I guess it's um, the things that you're familiar with. That's what you might taste in something, maybe maple syrup or Cherries is one I, I think that people taste. That's very true. I've tasted maple. I think a lot of people, if you're like me, you stand there and you feel inadequate. You're like, I yeah. don't taste any of this. Yeah. I think it comes down to much simpler levels as in this one is Bernie. Right. Not like Bernie Sanders, like right. burn in my throat. Yeah, like not this a, one's strong. It's like, not a flavor per right, se. This is this one tastes peppery. I think we all do peppery. Yeah. We get a spicy thing on some of them. I sure. think we get a sweetness on some of them. Yeah. Sometimes and, it's hard to quantify. Yeah. I think I can actually f- see like notes of cherry. And sometimes they're aged in port bottles and I'll get a little flavor of wine at the end of it. Yeah. I've done that. But to some of this stuff, like talking about, oh, you should taste cinnamon and uh, like, to, to bullet and rice. nutmeg. It's like, ah. So to the website's credit for bullet rye, this is, they call it, they have an oaky aroma. And that has a smooth vanilla honey spice flavor. And then the finish is crisp and clean with lingering flavors. I mean, they don't really go into too much detail. But I looked up a couple of reviews and they taste like caramel and cinnamon and clove and briny rye, whatever that is. Right. Buttery toffee and honey, mint. Like this guy, this one guy tasted mint the entire time. Like I I don't taste that at all. Like dill. You're probably not going to get a lot of that from us because we're just not going to be tasting that. However, I will say that the weirdest thing that I ever tasted in a whiskey was bananas. That just goes to show that your palate's going to be your palate. How does a whiskey taste to you? Do you like it? For me, I like Bullet better than Redemption. But I like having redemption in my life. It changes up. I get a little tired of drinking the same thing. And so once I go through a half gallon of bullet, I'll get something else for a little bit. And I'm not opposed to having three or four whiskeys around the house. We both like to do that. I like bourbons. And so I like the sweeter, like an Eagle Rare 10 year. Yeah. The, what's funny about my rye kick is I tend to prefer the sweeter ryes. So Angel's Envy rye is, is a sweet rye because it's finished in the Caribbean rum barrels. Bullet rye, as I mentioned before, it's sweet on the nose, it's sweet on the taste, it's sweet on the finish. Right. So I'm not fully into, you know, right. hugely exp- 
expressive, punching-in-the-face rise. But I'm not averse to them either because I also like that too. And I want to be clear. He will not push a bourbon away if you pour him a bourbon. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Yeah. He will drink bourbon. We're just talking about where we've evolved as drinkers in the whiskey genre. Yeah, and it also depends on what your attitude is that particular day. What you're I like craving. Irish whiskeys way better than Scott, but I will drag him along and he'll enjoy it when I take him there. Yep. I find, and you don't like it when I characterize <laughs> Irish whiskeys as this, but I find them a little thin in the mouthfeel. They're not thick and syrupy like a bourbon or most rye. Um, and they're historically lower proof. They're, they live around 80 proof. And that is probably why. Yeah, these two right now, uh, Bullet, Bullet is 90 and Redemption's what, 92? 92. Mm-hmm. And you know, some bourbons go to 108, 112, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the barrel strength, they're crazy. We were talking about that earlier today. Knob Creek is one of the first small batches that we got attracted to in our early 30s. And that was 100 proof to start. And yeah. We were trying to figure out how long we've been drinking whiskey. And we figured it's about 10 years with 2019 now. So it's about 2008, 2007. Yeah. That's, I think. We're right. Gonna... And, you know, when I was 27, I thought if I mixed Coke with Gentleman Jack, I was doing some real work in the uh, whiskey industry. <laughs> you were sophisticated. I was sophisticated. Because I ordered Gentleman Jack. <laughs> no, I will say that not to pick on Jack. I've drank a lot of Jack in my life. It's a fun wedding drink. If you like to have Jack and Cokes in the summer, tell everybody to kiss your ass. Okay, I like my Jack and Coke once in a while. It's nostalgic. Nothing tastes like it. Gentleman Jack is just a cleaner version of it. But I will say this: I've had a lot of experience drinking the single barrel Jack Daniels. A friend of mine used to go to Kentucky and buy the barrel, and we would go in and I would buy a couple of bottles from him. It's delicious. It doesn't taste anything like Jack or Gentleman Jack. It's its own thing. So don't be afraid of it. If you've never tried it and you're looking at the $52 price or whatever it is going, "Mm, I don't know. It's different. It's a nice change up. So just putting it out there. But if you're at a wedding and you feel like having a couple Jack and Cokes, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself because there's rarely a good whiskey. You know, you might get a Crown Royal that you can choke down, you know, on some uh, on the rocks. Normally at a wedding, you're there to have a good time, and the Coke will give you some extra caffeine to keep you awake for the ride home. So, you know, and also I like to drink Coors Light in the summer when it's hot. Kiss my ass. I know it's not a real beer, you bastards. I'm tired of hearing it. You know, we get it. We get it. You're an amazing beer drinker. Who the hell wants a fucking stout at 100 degree day? Give me a Coors Light. God damn it. I said fuck. I went 42 minutes without cursing. I don't think I've cursed at all, which is, I think, a record. Ah, shit, now the <laughs> to your point about uh, drinking Coors Light, it, it's still like 4% alcohol or whatever. Well, first of all, who drinks one Coors Light? If I'm drinking Coors Light, I'm putting a six-pack down. Sure you are. Because they're going right down like water because it's basically water. Right. I- I'm not a big Budweiser fan a- at all, but their commercials are funny because they're making fun of that whole snobbery. It's right. like, we're having fun here. We're just going to drink some Bud Lights. Uh, why do you want your mead? <laughs> and- to be honest, Bud Light gave a pretty big solid to our local Philadelphia. He paid for all the beer at the parade, and they did a couple special Philly Philly commercials. So, you know, they softened me a little bit on them. I feel like if you're over 60, you just have to drink Budweiser or Pabst Blue Ribbon. Like, you have no other choice. I couldn't drink it. It gave me the shits. Well, it gave me the punch somebody in the faces. <laughs> <laughs> now, people in Philadelphia know that Pabst Blue Ribbon is part of the... You have two choices. A shot of a Wild Turkey or Old Crow with a PBR for $4? Uh, it, it, it varies, right? What do they call it? The Old City Special or right. something? Right. So you get a shot of Old Crow or it's, Wild Turkey. I've then, also seen Jameson. Right. And uh, if you're, that's $5. And if it's Jameson, you're getting a good deal. I've seen the PBR and a shot of Jameson for $6. Oh, 
that's that's. I a think good a milk deal. boy. That's a good and deal. That's where I've seen but it. you can get Old Crow for like I've seen it as cheap as three. <laughs> a shot of beer for three dollars. Old Crow is bottom shelf. It might actually be under the shelf. It's actually below it's, a floorboard. It's like ten dollars a bottle or something like that. All right. Well, I really want to thank everybody for turning in today. If you listen to it, we appreciate it. We had a lot of fun, and we'll see you next time. All right. That's the uh, wrap on our first podcast. Deuces. Later. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to check out our next episode, which is way better than this one. Oh, yeah. Also, follow and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash whiskey tangent. And follow us on Twitter at whiskey tangent. You can follow me personally at that whiskey guy. And follow Scott at giant cup of awesome, spelled A-W-S-U-M, just to be annoying. Hey. You can email us any questions, comments, or love at whiskeytangent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us always at our podcast website, whiskeytangent.podbean.com.